quite unusual. Okay, so something that I feel like we need to talk about um, is how much I love slime and how I'm a slime guy now and you're a slime guy now. How how you're welcome for this addiction that I thrust upon you. You did this to me. You mm-hmm. infected my brain with slime. Um, I'm now making people call me Noel, quote unquote, Slimer Krupa. Uh, yeah, it's because I love Ghostbusters, but also because I'm a slime guy now. Yeah, if you guys have never played with slime, or actually the how I got into it was I just started watching videos on Instagram. It's the restock videos. It's for the me. restock. Uh-huh. Or like the making videos oh where they God. make the slime, then they show you all the different varieties of slime that they have for sale. Okay. Just became obsessed. But as an adult, there's something that I worry about because obviously like fiscal responsibility is something that we all have to worry about mm. because the economy is collapsing and then also like retirement, we have to save money for that. Someone just told me that recently. Yeah, we gotta do that. Yeah. So Okay, this is just because I'm an adult and, like, I guess maybe I shouldn't pay attention to this stuff anymore. I don't know. Whatever. Anyways, when they make the slime videos, right, Mm -hmm. and they show the videos of, like, this is our new parakeet slime. And it, like, show it's, like, the robotic voice and Mm -hmm. then it's, like... It's, like, the TikToks. Yeah. yeah, TikTok voice or whatever they use. Yeah. And then it, like, shows, like, the cool different, like, I want to call them flavors of slime. They are flavors. They are flavors. They... Yeah. I mean, I have a slime that smells, like fresh bread so i have a donut slime and it's amazing (laughs) yeah you do (laughs) um so when they show like the slimes like out in like their little vat of slime and then they put Mm -hmm. like all the sprinkles and stuff on Mm -hmm. it and start mixing it together Mm -hmm. the first thing i think is is all that slime going in the garbage because when you get it packaged it doesn't look like that mine had the sprinkles in there did it Oh. Ever just hit my mic, so I apologize if anyone heard that. But yeah, mine had the sprinkles mixed in. Um, see, my other two didn't, so maybe they only use certain ones for those videos. I don't know. Oh. It's just where my brain goes. Because yeah. if I'm not overanalyzing everything, how will I be an insomniac? Well, long story short, slime is amazing. Mm-hmm. Watching the videos is very yeah. like therapeutic. Yeah. Also, playing with slime is very therapeutic. Yeah, it's like a huge stress mm-hmm. reliever. Yeah, and. Yes. It smells good. And I got one that was a grilled cheese, and I got to so put adorable. it together as a grilled cheese, and then so I got cute. to mash it all together into one. And I highly recommend yes. getting yourself Get some, some slime. slime. Get Take some yourself slime. some slime. Pico de Slimo. That's the one I want next. No, I want that for you. I want that Pico de Slimo for you. It's Pico de Gallo, but it's slime, so it's Pico de Slimo, and it's so so cute, cute. and it's supposed to smell like Pico de Gallo, and I just want it. I want this for you. Oh, man. Also, part of my monkey brain is like, you should eat the slime, Noelle. Oh, I did. Well, I didn't eat it, but I bit (laughs) it. I had to bite it, okay? It's a texture thing? Yeah. Yeah. And it was the bread one, too, so it was the food-flavored one. Yeah. And I was just playing with it, and I was like, I wonder what yeah, okay. this feels like on my teeth. How was it? Rated out of 10. Um, It was very, like, foamy and crunchy. In a good way? <laughs> yeah. Like, I should go bite my slime? Go bite your slime. Okay. Okay. I highly recommend. By the way, this is quite unusual. Oh, shit. Hi, everyone. This is quite unusual. Welcome to the podcast. We are your hosts. I am Noelle. And I am Nicole. And I guess we already started this one on a weird foot. Yeah. It's been a while, though. It's been a while. It's been a while. Because life happens. Yeah. I know we use that excuse every time. We're just like, life. Am I right? Okay, but come on, man. We've had a lot of very deep personal traumas lately. It's very true. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, I also want to mention, because mm. we do this every, I don't know if you guys know that we do this. I think we've mentioned it before, but every, at the end of every episode, we have special shout outs oh, yeah. for some of our patrons, Patreons. Pa- patrons? Patrons. Patrons of the arts. Um, so if you're on a specific tier, you get a special super secret shout out. Yeah. And we write new ones every single week. And we say them in uh, very weird voices. They're cool voices. They're cool voices. Yeah, I think so. But yeah, so if you guys stay tuned to after our ending credit song, or I guess jingle, you should call it. Jingle, jingle. You can hear our shout outs. Yeah. So if you didn't know that and you're on that tier, you've been, you've missed a lot of shout outs. I think a lot of people don't know. Well, now you do. And now you know. Mm. All right, so I guess we should probably start talking about the topic. Yeah, so this week we are talking about a family, not actually unlike the Texas Chainsaw Massacre family. I know. they don't, this family doesn't eat people, but... uh, In my heart of hearts, I'd like to think maybe they do. Yeah, it actually, that's what inspired me to pick this topic, was because the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie came out, Mm. and then I came across this topic, and I was like, hey... That's kind of similar. When you told me about this one, for some reason, I assumed that they were British based off of, like, their name. Mm-hmm. And then I found out that they're not, and that was a little disappointing. I'm not going to lie. Well, this... Wiggle dog. Wiggle dog. Well, this week we're talking about the bloody benders. Doesn't it sound cool, though, if you do it, like, East Ending and you're like, the bloody benders? Yeah. Oh, it's it's probably the bloody part that makes I think, it sound... You know what? Yeah. I think you're right. The bloody benders. All right. Without further ado, the bloody benders. <laughs> all right, let's get started. We're going all the way back to the 19th century, just after the Civil War. Whoa. In 1862, President Abraham Lincoln signed into law the Homestead Act of 1862. I'm going to say, this might be a hot take, one of the best presidents. Yep, yep. I no. would have to, I would have to agree. Mm-hmm. Basically, it this act was a way for the for public land to become privately owned, and it gave U.S. citizens up to 160 acres of public land, provided that they live on it and improve it for just a small fee. Can you imagine if the government gave us one acre of land? Right, that's oh, insane to think about. 160 acres is so much, so and much. now like we don't get anything. For anything. No, yeah. It was just, they, I guess they had all this land and they're like, well, nobody's living here. So they mm. needed to get people out there. So, Except the Native Americans, but we're not going to talk about them. <laughs> right. All you had to do was be at least 21 years old and a head of a household. And a man. No. Surprisingly, this act, this act included people from all walks of life, including immigrants, formerly enslaved people, and even women were given the opportunity. Abraham! Isn't that forward? Very forward. Daddy links. Thank you. The act resulted in the government granting more than 270 million acres of land to U.S. citizens. That's insane. How many acres? I'm going to quietly Google how many acres the United States is. <laughs> So this sounds like a super cool thing for everyone, right? Yeah, dude. Wrong. Because in order to provide all of these acres to these American citizens, the government had to steal it away from the Osage Indians. Mm, That's what they do. Also, I looked it up. 1.9 billion acres of land in the continental United States. Wow. 
So a lot. A lot of acres. I have no idea how big an acre is. Very big. Okay. Well, uh, well bigger than our yard. Bigger than our <laughs> yard. That's all we need to know. So the government moved the Osage Indians from their home in Labette County to Oklahoma to open Kansas up for European settlers, a.k.a. white people. Yeah, it's really fucked up, man. Super fucked up. In October of 1870, five families moved into the area in western Labette County in Kansas, about seven miles northeast of where Cherry Vale would later be planned out. And you can trust us on that because we... Are the world's foremost. Mm. Yes. Geography, Geography podcast. podcast. <laughs> Thank you for that introduction, Abra. The article said it was five families of spiritualists. Scare quotes. But I think that's just a nice way of saying that these people were like a little culty. Mm. I couldn't find anything that specified that they were in an actual cult. Just that it was like a cult-like compound. Oh, my God. And it was comprised of these five families. But, I mean, who knows? Since it was so long ago and record-keeping like wasn't that great, mm-hmm. maybe they were in a cult. Maybe they weren't. I'd like to think that they were know. in a cult. And they also used child labor to build small huts. You know, I'd like to believe that, too. Mm-hmm. One of these five families was the Bender family. And the Bender family was made up of John Bender Sr., Mm -hmm. his wife Elvira Bender, their son John Bender Jr., and their daughter Kate. John Bender Sr. selected a 160-acre section on the western slopes of the mounds, and it was located directly on the Osage Mission Independence Trail. The western slopes of the mound, eh? Mm-hmm. John Bender Jr. claimed a piece of land just north of his father's, but never lived on it or made any of the required improvements. He just sort of like claimed it and then it was there. So good job. (laughs) Right. The Benders were German immigrants. John Bender Sr. was around 60 years old, spoke very little English and had a thick German accent. I fucking love this. I want to do it so bad. <laughs> you moved your head and I thought you were going to do it. And I was, I was waiting for you. I've to say There we go. There it is. There it is. He was a very large man standing over six feet tall with giant bushy eyebrows. Okay. I love him. I love this man so much. I'm picturing the Swedish chef for some reason, though. Well, and they nicknamed him. Are you ready for this? I'm so excited. Old Beetlebrowed John. You know, I don't like it very much when you call me Beetlebrowed John, okay? <laughs> Look, I got these two eyebrows, and also beetles don't even have hair, so this doesn't make any sense. His face was mostly covered with a thick beard. He had untamed hair, and many people said he resembled a wild man. Like, why can't you call me Jean the Wild Man? <laughs> Honestly, I think it's like it fits so much more. Beetles don't even have bushy eyebrows. So, like, can you explain it to me? John Bender Jr. was around 25 years old and spoke English, but also had an accent. Um, <laughs> is it also a German accent? Yeah, they're all German. Oh, right, right, right. Uh, hey, oh, but he's like a slacker. Okay, like, well, hey, guys. Yeah, it's just me. Uh, whatever. I was going to go sit over here in my beanbag chair and like, whatever. Okay. Also, I manicure my eyebrows because I don't want to be called Beetle Boy Jr. If whatever they fucking call my dad anymore. Who cares? Who cares? Was that? He, that, was, that was good that was very john jr yeah i figured like 
he's a slacker, like you can tell. Oh, well, he mm-hmm. was a handsome man with auburn hair and a mustache. Yeah, so I'm also going to found this thing called Handsome Boy Modeling School. Um, it will it will pop up in like the late 80s, uh, 1980s. <laughs> so I'm, I'll be very dead, but... Uh, yeah, it's gonna be like pretty cool and like for like handsome boys like me. Handsome boys. We call him handsome boy John. Handsome boy with a mustache. He was known for laughing aimlessly at random things, which led those around him to believe that he was a half wit. Can you believe what a handsome boy I am? <laughs> so handsome. <laughs> so handsome. Very, very on brand for John Thank Jr. You. Thank you. The men arrived first, and they prepared the land by building one cabin with one room, mm. a barn, a corral, and a well. Mm. They partitioned the cabin with a large canvas to create a living area in the back of the cabin, and then the front portion of the cabin was converted into a small inn with a store. All in one cabin. Just seems very tiny. It but, was a 2,000-square-foot you know. cabin. So, <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, it was very roomy. Mm. They hung a sign above the door that read groceries, and the plan was to service travelers along the Osage Trail. Their store carried a few items, such as powder, shot, you know, gun things. Oh, yeah, gun stuff. They had groceries, like the sign said, and liquor and tobacco. They also provided meals and an overnight resting place for strangers needing a rest stop on their travels. Hmm. In 1871, the women settled in. Elvira, who was also called Ma, was around 55 years old. She spoke very little English and was very unpleasant to all of her neighbors. So much so that they gave her the nickname She-Devil. I like it when you call me She-Devil. Both Elvira and John Sr. spoke little English, and the article I read described their accents as guttural. Oh, my God. So, I mean, I I feel like you have to come up with an accent that, you know, it's got like a guttural I feel like sound. That. Oh, okay. So, I don't know how. How do you be guttural? <sighs> how do you... <laughs> how do I... What should I Speak say? Speak from the gut. What I should, don't know. Okay, let me get my guts in order. What should I say? This is really hard. We'll let you think on it. Okay. We'll let you think. All right. But you got to come up with something. Okay. Okay, I'll try. Ma Bender claimed to be a medium who could speak to the dead. She boiled herbs and roots and practiced witchcraft by casting spells. Okay, super dope. Yeah. It said she ran the household with an iron hand, and both men of the house were afraid of her. Okay, I love her. My kind of woman, Mm -hmm. you know, as it should be. Yes, that's right. The daughter, Kate, was the nicest and friendliest of the family. She spoke English and German fluently and was very social with the neighbors. She was an attractive 23-year-old with auburn hair who was a self-proclaimed healer and psychic herself. Okay. She held seances, cured illnesses, Mm. and gave lectures on spiritualism as well. She, too, like her mother, claimed that she could talk to the dead. And Kate advertised her gifts within the community, and she turned a profit. Um, this is giving me big Fox Sisters vibes. Yeah, mm-hmm. this was around the same time of like the spiritualism yeah. movement. So if you guys haven't listened to our Fox Sisters episode, uh, I go do it. Right, I'm sure she used some of the tricks that they did. You know, the oh, yeah. cheesecloth. I always try pulling to, like... out of your throat. <laughs> yeah, Ugh, can you imagine swallowing that much cheesecloth and just Ectoplasm. like letting it chill? Right. No thanks. No. Kate was a proponent of 
free love and justification for murder. Oh, okay. Chill. (laughs) Super chill. And she spoke about it all of the time in her lectures. She dreamed of one day being famous and wealthy. Um, yeah, you guys. So, like, I just wanted to say I am, like, super into free love. Like, I love you. You love me. Like, whatever. Who cares, right? But also, murder is, like, I fucking love it. It's super chill. Big into murder. So in her lectures where she would advocate for free love and, I guess, free murder. Free murder. (laughs) I guess. Well, she ranted about how people should not deny their carnal natures. It's going to be a red flag. Just going to say that. Yeah. Well, you know what? This is an even bigger red flag. Are Mm. you ready for it? Mm -hmm. She even went as far as saying that a brother and a sister Mm -hmm. had the right Mm -hmm. to get down if they wanted to. Okay. Okay. In the biblical sense? So she's Mm pro-murder, she's pro-free love, and she's pro-incest. Okay, so she's basically Cersei Lannister, but with brown hair. Yeah, auburn hair. Okay. An auburn Cersei Lannister. Okay, I'm picturing it, and I love it. Mm Mm-hmm. Many people looked to Kate for answers, and her services attracted a lot of people from the community to the Bender Inn. However, others were not too fond of her and called her actions in her lectures satanic. Well, I mean, she is just like, my brother's like super hot, right? I should bang him later and then also murder someone. Right. I mean, when you're like pro-murder, I feel like anyone's going to be like, that's very evil. Yeah, probs. <laughs> While there were mixed reviews on Kate and her family, Kate and her brother John Jr. were liked for most part in the community. The eldest benders were homebodies and kept to themselves, but Kate and John Jr. would regularly attend Sunday school in Harmony Grove. I mean, it makes sense. She's like a free loving hottie. Mm-hmm. And but like a little crazy, which is also yeah. kind of hot. And John like, Jr. is handsome and just like laughs all the time. And he's for starting no that modeling school soon. <laughs> yeah. So like, who wouldn't like them? I mean, they're model citizens. Well, then everything sort of took. Uh, I'm gonna say a dark turn. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like just, that meme where like you can go to like Candyland or you can go to like the dark woods and it's just like, I'm going to choose a dark woods. It's like, it's, hard. it's like the negative, like the picture is like a family picture of them and then it yeah. turns a negative and it's like, yeah. but there was a darker side. This is the Bender family. The bloody Benders. <laughs> yeah. So this is where um everything goes negative and it just mm-hmm. gets like super dark and terrible. In May of 1871, the first of the bloody benders murder victims would be found. Mm. Yeah. Remember how Kate was like, I love murder. Murder's super chill. Yeah. Well, guess who also did murders? Her and her family. Yep. Yeah. So a man by the name of Jones was found. I don't know his first name. Um, yeah. There's a lot of that in here because like we said, it's old-timey. 1870 right now. So yeah. No one really knows. What do you think his first name was? Jim. Jim Jones. (laughs) A man by the name of Jim Jones was found in the Drum Creek. So at first, the caretaker of the property that Drum Creek was situated on was suspected of the murder. But for some reason, there was just no action taken against him. Yeah, we'll see a lot of that, too. (laughs) Yeah, um, I feel like Old West Justice is like, if they're not busy, then they do something. And if they are, like, they don't well like all of this land was just newly settled on too so the law didn't really exist yeah basically (laughs) parts of it yeah it was like free love free law 
free murder. Oh, let's put that on a shirt. That's the new live, laugh, love. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. So this man, Jones, possibly named Jim, who knows, Mm. was found with his skull completely caved in, crushed into dozens of pieces, and his throat was cut completely from ear to ear. Mm -hmm. In February of the following year, two more men were found with the exact same injuries. By the beginning of 1873, there were so many reports of missing persons that had passed through the area that people traveling in the area began to just completely avoid this trail altogether. Yeah. And, like, take the long way around. Yeah, i do the same. Yeah. Only if you don't want your head caved in and your throat caught, I guess. Uh, I mean, sounds fun, but I think I'll take a pass. Yeah, it's like I had that appointment on Wednesday, so maybe later. Right. Mm. The area was already known as a hot spot for, quote, horse thieves and villains. I mean, it was the Wild West, so yes. Yeah, like the Wild South, though, actually, because this is like Kansas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Wild Midwest. Oh, that's That's what we'll call it. The Mild Midwest. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Wild Midwest. Yeah. So this is where all the cool horse thieves and villains would hang out. Mm. I'd like to think I would be a horse thief and a villain. You think you'd be a villain? I just want to wear a black hat, and I feel like to be like a bad guy, you have to wear a black hat. So you're saying if you were in Westworld, you would have chosen the black hat? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I so probably the... wouldn't have, like, raped and pillaged, though, like, let's be mm-hmm. honest. Yeah. You're the girl in black. Oh, my God. That could be me. Yes. These no-good nicks were targeted in the disappearances of the passers-through, and sometimes they were arrested, but usually just released shortly after due to any lack of evidence or eyewitness accounts or, like... They Any just law f- person around yeah. anywhere. They're like, oh, we're sick of feeding you with the jail so you can go. <laughs> yeah, yeah they, a lot of that. That happened a lot. Also, like, you said no good nicks. Okay. And I love it. You're a no good nick. No good nick. Yeah. A. A. As a result, many of the accused but innocent men left the county just to avoid suspicion. Among the missing was a man called George Newton Langcor and his infant daughter, Mary, who had left Independence, Kansas to resettle in Iowa during the winter of 1872. Now, I have played enough Oregon Trail in my life. Mm, I love Oregon Trail. To know that you probably shouldn't travel in the winter with an infant. Yeah, especially with an infant. Like, I want to know, like, how did he plan on keeping this baby alive anyways? Like, he is a man. It's him and this infant baby. Yeah, did he bring, like, formula and shit? They definitely didn't have formula back then. maybe he was giving her, like, cow's milk. Maybe he had a cow. Maybe. Can you do that? I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I don't know. And I'm not a mother. When I drink cow's milk, it makes me gassy. (laughs) So. Well, that wagon must have been... (laughs) terrible time oh boy when spring rolled around and they hadn't arrived in iowa george's friend and neighbor dr william henry york of york peppermint patty fame went looking for no them. no i made that up okay <laughs> i was gonna say wait no wait, really of new york fame he's he founded he is the new, york in he, new he is the new york okay yeah. he's the old york and then the new york is his son yes yeah <laughs> yeah i've had the old york now i want the young york <laughs> He traveled along the trail and he questioned all the homesteaders that he came across until he exhausted all of his options. And turning away empty-handed, he decided to head back to Independence. However, he never returned home. William had two brothers called Ed and Alexander, 
Alexander, who I think we should just call Alex because, like, it's a cool, casual vibe. Mm, okay. What, is he cool and casual, though? I'd like to think he is. And also, Alexander's, like, a whole mouthful. Alexander. Alexander. Okay, we'll call him Alex. Okay, thank you. So, Alex was a hotshot lawyer. Mm, okay. He was also a colonel in the Civil War. Wow. And he was a member of the Kansas State Senate. Oh, so he's a Renaissance man is basically what you're telling me. He also made a mean fudge. Wow, that Alex. It was maple flavored, though. Uh, I could get down with some maple fudge. It's not bad. It's not bad. Everyone knows chocolate's the real winner. It's not like the preferred fudge, but it's it's still fudge. I do love fudge. Fudge is fudge. The brothers knew that William had been out searching for his friend, and when he didn't arrive back home, they went out searching for him. Mm, Sensing a theme here. Mm Mm-hmm. Colonel Alex got together 50-plus men, and they began their search. They were documenting accounts of everyone along the trail until they were able to piece together the last known whereabouts of his brother, Dr. William, who I really want to call Dr. Bill. Sorry. I just, everyone this is Dr. Nickname. William York, right? Correct. The a York peppermint York. patty okay. of, oh, wait, Old of York. New York. Of Old York fame. Correct. Yes, correct. <laughs> On March 28th, whoa, that's in like four days. Whoa. 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 On March 28th, 1873, 20 days after William was last seen, Colonel Alex and his posse arrived at the Benders Inn. Mm. The Benders admitted that they had seen Doc Bill, but they said that he did not stay long and suggested that maybe, well, maybe he ran into some trouble if it's a native population. What native population? You sent them all to Oklahoma. Yeah, but maybe there was like one hiding in the grass <laughs> and like, you're just going to come over here and tell us that we've done it when we're just hanging out in all these cool beanbag chairs being handsome. Okay, point, point taken. What you're- if, okay, now in my brain, John Jr. looks like handsome Squidward with a German accent. And a mustache. Yes. Okay. <laughs> This is evolving very heavily. Mm. I'm sorry if this is confusing anyone. Colonel Alex agreed that this could have been the case, but he decided to stay the night to rest before returning home and sort of like, I don't know, kind of like check things out a little. Yeah, you know, he, he was didn't suspicious. trust it. I wouldn't either. Mm-hmm. Just five days later, he returned to the Benders Inn with a group of armed men. And the first person he saw was Elvira Bender, mm. and he decided to confront her. You don't want to mess with her. I'm She's called gonna... the fucking Shido. <laughs> I'm just going to throw that out there. Yeah, for sure. Days before, he had met three young women who claimed to have fled the Bender Inn in fear of their lives after Elvira threatened to stab them with a knife. Well, yeah. Yeah. Like, if you remember, good old Elvira, she-devil Bender, supposedly didn't speak English very well. But when she was confronted with the claim that she was threatening these women, she flew into a rage and started shouting in English. Mm, liar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She also like completely lost her accent and like started talking with like a New Jersey accent. It was super confusing. <laughs> oh. No, I don't know. I made that part up. Also, my cat is meowing and standing on everything. <laughs> she said that the women were witches and that they had, quote, cursed her coffee. Okay. So she, <laughs> I'm just going to keep talking over Jade. Jade liked that, the cursed coffee. She you was better, like, yes. You better not curse yes. my coffee. She devil. So she threatened these women to leave after they cursed her coffee. Mm. Then she threatened the men, these armed men, and told them to leave. 
Colonel Alex began to suspect that maybe the Benders, along with the neighboring family called the Roaches, were behind his brother's disappearance, along with his brother's friend and his baby daughter. Mm. Before the men left, Kate Bender took Alex aside and asked him to return alone the following Friday night. Okay, all right. She claimed that she could use her powers as a clairvoyant to help him find his brother. He didn't trust her and said, oh, no, thanks. Yeah, good. Good job. Good on you. Because she definitely would have hammered you in the head. She would have hammered him so hard so in the head. So fucking hard. Yeah. The general consensus in the county was that these two families, the Benders and the Roaches, which, I'm sorry, if your last name is Roach, it's Old West time, just change it to something that's not Yeah, cockroach. like you can easily just be like, this isn't my name anymore. My name is Butterfly now. And everyone will be like, <laughs> oh. Instead of Roach. Roach. Gross. But butterfly? Cute. So cute. Always trust a butterfly. So these two families were thought to be responsible for the disappearances of all of the people that had passed through. A group of concerned citizens held a meeting, which was attended by over 75 people. What? I know. There were that many people, like, even alive in in Kansas? Yeah, for sure. Surprising. Okay. This included Colonel Alex and both Big John and Little John Bender. This meeting concluded with Alex York insisting that there be a search warrant obtained to search every homestead between Bill Hill Creek and Drum Creek, which I do not know how far apart that is, even though this is a geography podcast, so I'm really sorry. With all the commotion around the search warrant, no one had noticed that the Benders decided to just like dip out and skip town the day after the meeting. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's not suspicious. No, they were no. just leaving anyways. Right, yeah. right, right. Three days after the meeting, a neighbor named Billy Toll was on a cattle drive that passed by the Bender's homestead. He noticed that the farm animals were all standing around outside looking super hungry, so he decided to report the Bender's to the authorities. Because good, Billy, if you see a hungry mm. baby animal, yes. you tell everyone you know. Sitting outside. Oh, so sad. All alone. A bad storm rolled through, so it was several days before the township trustees could come and investigate the Bender homestead. That's lucky. Yeah. The trustees put out a request for a few volunteers to head over to the Bender's place to see what was going on in the meantime. Over 200 people, including Colonel, Colonel Alex, decided to volunteer, which I feel like shows just how many people hated the Benders if 200 people were like, yeah, we'll go over there and check out what's going on. Right, yeah. We fucking hate these guys. I mean, maybe they just weren't pro-murder. They okay. were anti-murder. Unlike the family that advertises that they are pro-murder. <laughs> yeah. They're yeah. like, feet it and murder. We just love murder. We just love it. We love it as like a concept. You know what I mean? Like, what if like trees also could talk? And like, what if like murder happened, but we didn't do it? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Look at how handsome I am. They just lo- and now laugh. <laughs> trees. <laughs> <laughs> this is the prairies. This is the trees. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. I can't do like a guttural German accent though. It feels really I'm hard. Guttural. Try it. Like what is like guttural? It's gonna like, like come from your diaphragm. Like, yeah. uh, uh, like. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'm just grunting. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like that's probably what they sounded mm-hmm. like. Actually, grunty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So grunty. The house was full of a terrible, sickly sweet odor. The odor of dead bodies. Yum. Mm-hmm. The volunteer group began turning everything upside down, like literally like flipping tables in the house. And that's when they noticed a trap door underneath a bed. 
a trap door that was nailed shut. With an axe, they broke into the space and explored the room underneath. The room had congealed blood on the floor, but no bodies. The floor of the room was made of stone slabs, and the group broke up the stone with sledgehammers, but again, there was no bodies underneath. It was determined that the smell was coming from the old blood that se- that seeped into the dirt under the house. Gross. So, like, the ground is just, like, mud, but with blood. So did, mud. did they not notice this? Like, when Alex first went to the inn, he wasn't like, it kind of smells like blood. I guess not. I don't know. I'm I'm getting Gacy vibes here. Maybe they like lit one candle, but it was like, it was like that cinnamon apple candle. (laughs) So like it was totally overpowering. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They had like a blade plug in. That would do it. You know. Yeah. For Breeze. Definitely for Breeze. Mm. I've seen those commercials where people sit in front of garbage bags and they spray for Breeze in the air. I'm going to go with the Glade plug in though. I I think think that's, that was what they had. Likely. Like the one that like spritzes when you walk Mm -hmm. by and that's why he couldn't smell it. Because he was getting hit in the face with 1872 Glade plug-in <laughs> scent. I mean, yes. <laughs> Clearly. Along with the house, the vegetable garden and the orchard were investigated. Later that day, the digging began, and the body of Dr. York was found. He had been buried face down just a few inches under the soil. Um, I read something that said that his the heels of his shoes were exposed. Like, okay. that's how, like, shallow they buried him. Huh, so they just didn't give a shit. Yeah, but I also think that maybe, like, sometimes people exaggerate things, you know? Uh, I don't know. Maybe they were trying to bury him in a hurry to try to hide him. <gasps> that could be. They just had him, like, stacked down in the little, I don't Body know. basement? The kill room? Kill room. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. The men continued to dig, turning up nine other bodies and working well into the early hours of the morning. The following day, the digging resumed, with another eight bodies found buried in seven graves. Another body was found in the well, along with just, like, a whole bunch of body parts. Mm, like a stew of body parts oh, as yeah. well? It was a real, it was a real stew going on down there. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, definitely. It was, like, um, like, an arm of, like, a woman and, like, a foot of, like, a child. It was just, like, random pieces that they, like, couldn't even piece together to mm-hmm. make a full body. Wow. Which seems So maybe they, they were eating them, then. Oh, my God. Maybe they were just, like, baking them in a pie mm-hmm. and, like, serving them to the people oh who my stayed God. at the inn. I love this. Now, that reminds me of Motel Hell. Oh, that reminds Another me of... Another horror movie. Oh, I've never seen that. It's a good one. That reminds me of, um, what is it? The Demon Barber of Fleet Street. Sweeney Todd. Sweeney Todd, thanks. Yeah. All of the bodies had the same cause of death. Their heads were bashed in, and by the looks of it, it was from a hammer, and all of their throats were slit. Except one body of a very, very young girl was found with no marks on her body, so it was suspected that she was either strangled by giant hands, Mm. or worse, buried alive. (gasps) No. The group of volunteers were so upset about the finding of the bodies that they chose to enact a little Western justice, and they decided to torture a man, uh, last name Brockman, first name unknown. Uh, I don't know what we should call him. Uh, Jail. Brock Brockman. Brock Brockman. There it is. So they decided to torture a man called Brock Brockman. (laughs) Um who just like happened to know the benders and they're like mm. you you have answers and he was like well i don't have answers i'm brock brockman 
My name's Brock. Yeah. So the way they decided to torture him was hanging him from his neck until he fell unconscious and then letting him down and then reviving him. Okay. And then questioning him. Okay. And they did this three times and questioned him about the bender's whereabouts, but he knew nothing. And by this time, he had like actual sustained brain damage. Right. So every time, I imagine every time they woke him up, he was just like, what? Where am I? What day is it? Is (laughs) Abraham Lincoln still the president? (laughs) Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, and then I saw something that said that basically they let him go and he like stumbled home like he was drunk and everyone made fun of him, even though he was probably just like he, suffering a brain hem- hemorrhage yeah, or something. He's, he's definitely brain dead at this point. So. Yeah, like he probably went home and like died. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. Word of the murders spread so fast that over 3,000 newspapers from Kansas to New York, not Old York, mm. wrote about the crimes. Reporters and looky-loos destroyed the Bender cabin by taking pieces for souvenirs. Wow. See, even back then, people always had, like, a morbid curiosity. Yeah, for sure. They took everything from bricks to, like, the stones that made the well. Mm. So much so that the cabin was, like, basically destroyed. Like, there was no pieces of it left. Wow. One of the pieces found in the house was a Roman Catholic Bible with German inscriptions inside. Um, I'm going to read what I found the inscriptions were, but they don't make a lot of sense to me. Mm -hmm. So it read, Johann Bender, born July 30th, 1848. So what would that make him? A Leo? Classic Leo. Mm. Mm -hmm. And then it also said, John Gebhardt came to America on july 1st 18 and then the last two numbers were kind of like scrawled out illegible yeah and then it said big slaughter day oh jan 18th and also hell departed okay so that sounds like a fun time i'm gonna say it sounds ominous okay big slaughter day big slaughter day yeah just mark that in my calendar january 8th mm-hmm. slaughter day <laughs> A reward was issued by Alex York, who, remember, was a senator, Mm -hmm. and he issued this reward for $1,000 for the capture of the benders. Wow. This is equal to only $22,000 in today money. But I feel like it, like, there wasn't a lot of money back then. $22,000 back then means a lot more than it does now. Yeah. Like, you could buy, like, a village and, like, yeah. 10,000 cows and, like, yeah. at least three wives. You would be, like, considered a millionaire, I feel like, if I, you had that. Right? <laughs> yeah, for sure. So I don't really understand the inflation situation on this. Right. The governor of Kansas also issued a reward for their capture of $2,000. So, obviously, just double that, you would be, like, a billionaire, basically. Right. Well, the cost of living was like a non-existent. dollar, like a dollar a year. <laughs> I don't even, even know. Do they even fucking pay taxes? Because I don't think they did. Um, the government just gave them 160 acres. Yeah. So I'm going to say no. Yeah. yeah. So. The way the benders killed was a big point of conversation. It was believed that a guest staying at their bed and breakfast was given a seat at their table that was on top of the trap door. Oh, I love this. I love this. Mm-hmm. And when the guests' back were turned to this, like, weird curtain that separated the rooms, Kate would distract the guests with her psychic powers or giant tits. Probably the latter. And one of the bender men would hit them over the head with a hammer. Then the throat was cut by either Ma Bender or Kate, and the body was thrown down the trapdoor into this basement room. 
The clothing and personal items were taken off of the body, and then they probably sold them, is what they think. Mm, Yeah. Sometimes the body was cut up, and sometimes it wasn't cut up. And then it was dragged out of the exterior cellar door to be buried in the vegetable patch or the orchard, or just dumped down the well, I I guess. I mean... It's free fertilizer, so... Kinda. You You should probably cut them up a little. Yeah. Because, like, it takes a long time for a body to just decompose. Right, right. Most of their victims were not rich, although some were. They kind of lucked out that way. So the speculation is just that the Benders honestly loved to murder. Like, big fans of killing. Well, they didn't really hide that. I mean, they, like, just yelled around town how they were pro-murder yeah kate was like have you like ever murdered someone because honestly i haven't but it seems cool (laughs) i gotta go (laughs) there were a few guests that stayed with the benders that happened to survive their testimony enforced what was thought about the benders a man named william pickering said that when he had refused to sit near the curtain because of the stains on it that I'm going to guess are bloodstains. 100% are bloodstains. He was threatened with a knife by Kate Bender, and he just fucking noped out of there immediately and left and never came back. As he should. Yeah. Another man, a Catholic priest, claimed to have seen one of the Bender men hiding a large hammer behind his back. Wow. And he was like, oh, um, <laughs> is that, did you hear that? I think God's calling. God what? I gotta go. Oh, I, you know, he's gonna be so mad if I don't answer this. And then he just also left. Yeah. Yeah, I would too. Two other men who I couldn't find their names had traveled to the inn in search of Kate Bender's psychic powers. They stayed for dinner, but also refused to sit at the table near the curtain. Instead, they said that they would prefer eating their meal at the main shop counter. Mm. Kate then threatened the men, and the two Bender men came at the guests with weapons, a hammer and a knife yelling and screaming that they better sit at the table or else. The two guests were like, yeah, no, actually, we're going to leave. Yeah. And then they left. But none of these people reported any of this to anyone. That's what I found, I I find super crazy. So essentially what the, they had this kitchen table, right? And like the uh-huh. guest of honor yeah. had to sit at the head of the uh-huh. table. Yeah. And then... There was a trap door underneath the mm-hmm. chair, and what they would do, they would get distracted, and then Ma would hit him with a hammer in the head, and mm-hmm. then, or no, John would hit him with the yeah, head. Yeah. Ma would slit their throat, and then they'd open the trap door and just, like, let the body fall into this, like, so weird cinematic. pit, which actually is also now giving me House of a Thousand Corpses vibes. Oh, totally. Yeah. It's, so. Yep, the pit. It's mm-hmm. metal as shit. Oh, it's like hardcore. And you also have to think that they built this. So mm-hmm. when they built their cabin. They dug a fucking murder they dug pit. a murder pit. In like the 1800s. Yeah. I'm going to assume it's, that Handsome John had to do it, not mm-hmm. like Big John. It's very creative. It's very creative. And it really, honestly, it shows a lot of ingenuity. It does. Because none of these movies were out, so nope. they couldn't steal any ideas. No, no way. That, that idea was their own. I heard they invented spring-loaded trapdoors. Mm-hmm. No, I don't know. But they did. Honestly, kind of feels right, doesn't it? They made them cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They, and they also painted like a like a tunnel on the side of like a mountain, 
And it was crazy because people just kept running into it. And they're like, this is like honestly so fucking easy to kill these people. They just really liked killing. They did. They, they would were do big it fans. anyway. Oh my God. Big fans of it. Oh, one more thing. Um, the house, like the Bender's house, mm-hmm. the walls were covered in bullet holes and no one noticed or cared. Okay. So clearly people have shot at them, mm-hmm. escaped, and mm-hmm. no one's like, hey, so like the benders like hate ran at me with a knife yeah, super so crazy. weird super crazy i refuse to sit above a obvious trap door <laughs> and that's another thing how did they like conceal that i feel like they didn't and they, it was just like didn't. there and they're like why don't you sit here on top of this totally normal trap door or people were also very trusting though mm, back in the day probably like very trusting yeah that's true up until like the 70s people were trusting people didn't even lock their doors so i feel like you could be like yeah totally just like stand over that trap door it's fine oh it doesn't even work like it doesn't that trap door doesn't even work and they would be like okay Mm -hmm. oh those are kool-aid stains Mm -hmm. on this canvas not blood have you had kool-aid it's so good (laughs) it's delicious so good the red kind obviously well duh yeah they don't the blue hasn't been invented yet so (laughs) Yeah, so it just seems like there were a lot of red flags that everyone chose to ignore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like literal red flags. Like there was like red on the canvas waving in the wind, like an actual red flag. An actual blood. Well, after the horrific discovery at the Bender's property, State Senator Alexander York and Kansas Governor Thomas A. Osborne offered up a huge reward for the capture of the Bloody Bender family. Authorities discovered wagon tracks at the family's home, so they followed them. And what they discovered was that the family had fled to the nearby town of Thayer, about 12 miles north of their farm. How long do you think it took to travel 12 miles back in this time? Mm, I feel like maybe like half of a day. You think? Less? I don't know. What were you thinking? I literally have nothing to go off of. I'm trying to think of like how fast like horses walk. Well, you are a resident horse expert. Thank you. Well, oh my God. Thank you so much. Um, Like horses don't walk that fast. And if it's pulling like a trailer with like a wagon, a wagon with like people on it, I feel like it had to have taken them at least a day. A day for 20. Think about how long it would take you to walk a mile. 20 minutes? I mean, I would walk 500 miles. But would you walk 500 more? <laughs> I would. I would do it. I would do it. I believe you. I don't know. You, If you're going to say, if you're saying a day, probably I a day. I feel like a day feels right to me. Well, they didn't notice that they were gone for a while. So, I mean, they had a lot of time to escape, too. That's true. But they found their wagon and a team of horses. And one of the mares was lame. And so I'm guessing that something happened and then they weren't able to continue because they just abandoned all the animals starving outside of the city limits of Thayer. That's so bad. And this is where the story gets a little foggy because no one is really sure what the true story is or what actually happened from this point on. Like I said, 19th century, Mm. 1800s. Yeah, not great notes. Not great. No one was Facebook living at this time. No, not a single one. So, from what I've gathered from the internet, detectives learned that the family had bought tickets on the Leavenworth, Lawrence, and Galveston Railroad to Humboldt in Kansas. Detectives questioned Captain James B. Ransom, the train's... 
I know, isn't that a cool name? Ransom for a train conductor? Ransom. That's a cool name. He was the train's conductor, and he told them that John Jr. and Kate got off at Chanute, where they took the Missouri, Kansas, and Texas Railroad train south to Red River County, Red River Country, I'm sorry, near Denison, Texas, which at that time was like the end of the line. Wow. So from that point, the pair allegedly made their way to an outlaw colony. Oh, my God. I want to go. Which I guess was a normal and fine thing in the Wild West back in the day. Yeehaw. Motherfuckers. (laughs) Yeah. The colony was supposedly located on the border between Texas and Mexico. Mm, Texaco. The pair were never pursued because law enforcement were afraid of the area. Because the ones who were brave enough to venture never returned. Which, I don't know about you, but it's giving mm-hmm. me big from dusk till dawn vibes. Oh, yeah. And I'm here for it. Yeah. Or, like, um, this might be a hot take. Maybe just, like, Will Smith from, like, Wild Wild West. Maybe there's, like, a giant, like a guy <laughs> with, like, a giant animatronic spider. And right, the cops yeah. are like, we don't have the weapons to fight that giant mechanical beast. And so they just, just a guy in the background, like, Wild Wild West. We're going to Wild Wild West. Yeah, it was like, I'd like to imagine that someone was rapping that song the entire time. Yeah. Yeah, I like mean, 24-7. It's pretty authentic. I, I think so. Like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One of the detectives claimed that he tracked John Jr. to the border, where he discovered that he had died of apoplexy, which is just an old-timey way of saying that he died from a stroke. Yes. Um, I love that it's an old-timey way of saying that, because I'm picturing, like, the barber, who's also the only surgeon. <laughs> He's like, he seems to have come down with a very rare case of apocalypse. Yes, yes, it was apoplexy. Yeah, and they're like, what's that mean, Doc? It's like, well, his, uh, his brain's a-bleeding, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Ma and Pa Bender, however, stayed on the train going north to Kansas City, where they reportedly transferred to a different train headed for St. Louis, Missouri, but no one really knows for certain where the Elder Benders ended up. It's just like someone said that they did, and everyone just believed it. I mean, that's how I think history worked. (laughs) Yep. Many groups of vigilantes started to search for the benders, and one guy in particular kept yelling about how he was vengeance, which was weird, but whatever. I mean, it's a weird thing for a vigilante to say. I am vengeance. And everyone's like, why are you talking like that, Brad? What are you doing? (laughs) One group claimed to have caught the benders and said they shot all of them but Kate, who they burned alive because many thought Kate was a witch. Boring. Another group claimed they caught the family trying to escape to the south and that they lynched all of them and then threw their bodies in the Verdigris River. Mm. Another group claimed they killed the benders in a wild gunfight and buried their bodies on the prairie. Oh, okay. So they're all like, oh, yeah, yeah, we caught them. So where's our reward money? Well... Actually, Mm -hmm. while several of these groups bragged about taking down the Bloody Benders family, Mm -hmm. none of them ever provided any proof, Mm -hmm. nor tried to claim the $3,000 reward that was put into place. So I guess it was just like bragging rights. They were just bragging about something that clearly they didn't do. Okay, so I'm just going to... I'm just going to say this. Um, $3,000 was a fuck ton of money. $3,000 was actually 
$64,385.04 in today's money. And you could buy like half of the country. Like the Louisiana purchase was like a million dollars or something. So like. Because none of them had any proof. Because none of them did it. Because they didn't fucking do it. (laughs) No. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. We murdered all of them and buried all of their bodies. But we don't need that reward money. We we totally did it. That was totally us. We did it. Um, We don't even want the money. We didn't Mm. do it for anything except for the fame. We love eating prairie dogs in a horse shit because we're so we did it for the the murder part of it for the lols like kate just love murder but this was good murder because we killed bad guys yeah so you're welcome yeah yeah well since no one could provide proof and no bodies were ever found it's believed the bloody benders managed to escape and with that the search for the benders continued for the next 50 or so years Anytime anyone would spot two women traveling together, people immediately thought that they must be Kate and Ma Bender. Okay, that's annoying. Yeah, sightings were reported constantly. Like, oh, two women, folk, you must be Ma Mm. and Kate. There's not a man with you. You must be the bloody blenders. Did I just say blenders? I did, but I like it. Keep it in. (laughs) The bloody blenders. Put my heart in a blender. In 1884, an elderly man was arrested in Montana for a murder he committed near Salmon, Idaho. Delicious. (laughs) The murder involved Pa Bender's weapon of choice, a hammer. Oh, no. And the death blow was done to the head. Oh, no. The man arrested matched the description of Pa Bender as well. Just like an angry man yelling in German. Just like an angry German man, yeah. Yeah. That's basically. I want to eat whatever like dish salmon idaho would be i'm imagining it's like like a twice baked potato but it's like also comes with like a seared piece of salmon what if it's like a loaded potato baked potato with salmon i would eat the fuck out of that that. sounds delicious should we make salmon idaho for dinner yes all right absolutely yeah salmon idaho is also duncan idaho's brother oh yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. little known fact well authorities jailed the man and sent for someone from Cherryvale to come positively identify the man as Pa Bender. But while they were awaiting his identification, the man tried to escape by severing his own foot, saw style, from his leg irons, and in the process ended up bleeding to death. Yeah, no, because you need to you need to not have giant holes in your body to not bleed yeah, to death. Yeah, you can't really just be chopping off limbs. Yeah. It's just not something that you should do. No. By the time the deputy from Cherryvale arrived to identify the man, the body had already decomposed so much that identification was impossible. Oh, my God. I mean, yeah. It's Montana to Kansas. How many days is that? I don't even know. So long. How many days is that to drive right now? It's got to be like... It's got to be like 16 hours or something. Well, we're minimum. a geography podcast, so... Well... We got... We know. It's 16 we, hours. We know. We we're know. asking the audience. This is a quiz. If you get it right, you win a prize, but you can't look it up. We know the answer, though. Yeah, we know. We're just not going to tell you. No. Despite this, the they sort of just declared the man to be Pa Bender anyways, okay. and uh, the man's skull was displayed as Pa Bender's skull in the Salmon, Idaho saloon until Prohibition came along in the 1920s, and then the skull just sort of disappeared. Oh. So. Maybe that's part of Salmon, Idaho. You have to eat your twice-baked potato out of a human skull. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I like that. Mm-hmm. I love that for them. While the bloody benders at the time were not caught and brought to trial, several others had charges brought against them involving the benders' crimes. 
Actually, 12 men in total were charged as accessories in helping and disposing of stolen goods. Mm, okay. One of the men accused was, are you are you ready for this name? I'm so excited. Mitt Cherry. Uh, of Cherryvale fame? Of Cherryvale fame. Wow. Mitt Cherry of Cherryvale. Wow. <laughs> and he was also a member of the Vigilante Committee. So, Are those the bad guys or the good guys? Those were the good guys after the Benders, but they found out that he was actually oh, involved. He was, oh, my God. So He was a double agent. He was double agent. A man named Mitt Cherry wasn't trustworthy. <laughs> right. That's wild. <laughs> so crazy, right? They discovered that Mitt forged a letter to one of the victim's wives stating that the man had arrived at his destination safely when actually he was getting hammered in the head by the benders. You know, okay, you know what I keep thinking of when we're talking about hammering people? You know that whitest kids <laughs> Hammering you know? in the ass. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that whitest kids you know sketch where like Abraham Lincoln is <laughs> getting hammered. hammered. It's like, he's hammering my butt! He's hammering my butt! <laughs> yeah. I cannot stop thinking about it. That's, one, that's my favorite one, I think, that they do. It's the best it's one. It's the best one. Two men named Addison Roach and mm-hmm. his son-in-law, William Buxton, and a German man named Brockman, or Breckman, no one knows. I believe we talked about him a little bit earlier. Yeah. Brock no one, Brockman. Brock, Brock Brockman. Brock Breckman. <laughs> okay. Well, they were, all, they were all arrested and charged as accessories to the crimes, stating that they had been involved in disposing of the victim's stolen goods. I mean, that tracks. Yeah. Yeah. Brock Breckman or Brock Brockman. Brick Brockman. Brick Brock Breck. Whatever his name is. He was actually arrested 23 years later for the rape and murder of his own 18-year-old daughter. Oh, cool. So fuck that guy. Oh, yeah. Whatever his fucking name yeah, is. Yeah, who gives a fuck what his name is? No one is? cares. Piece of shit. Piece of shit. On October 31st, 1889. Happy, Happy Halloween. Halloween. Two women who were supposedly Kate and Ma Bender were arrested in Niles, Michigan, under the name of Mrs. Almira Monroe and Mrs. Sarah Eliza Davis. Can we go as Kate and Ma Bender for Halloween? We freaking should. No one will know who we are. <laughs> no, not a single one. But I will be the loud Truman woman, if mm. that's fine. That Yes. And you be the witchy one. Yeah. This is, per- this is a, who we are. That's who we actually are oh as people. God. Works. Well, they were arrested on larceny charges for a separate charge but were found not guilty but the pair were then immediately re-arrested for the benders crimes Mm. according to the pittsburgh dispatch a woman who was the daughter of one of the victims did a little detective work of her own and she tracked down the pair of women in michigan her name was mrs francis e mccann mcdormand which just goes to show you just how great police work was in the 1800s. I mean, the women's identities were confirmed by two Osage Township witnesses from a tintype photograph. I love a tintype. And also, I choose to believe that this woman is Frances McDormand. Oh. And she... Three billboards outside Cherryville, Kansas. <laughs> yep, she tracked it down. <laughs> Three tintypes outside of Cherryville. <laughs> Deputy Sheriff Leroy Dick. Love these people so much. Also the Osage Township trustee who was head in the search of the Bender property arrived in Michigan and he arrested the couple. Mrs. Monroe, a.k.a. Ma, 
resisted, yelling she would never be taken alive, but, like, she was already taken while alive. Yeah, so, like, you already, like, it already happened. Yeah, so that was, I guess, just for dramatic effect. I mean, it's kind of cool. Yeah, but she was then quickly subdued by the authorities, so. Because they already took her alive. Yeah, she was already taken. Yeah. Kate, on the other hand, or I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Mrs. Sarah Davis Mm -hmm. threw Ma under the bus the second she could. Love this. And told police that she was, in fact, Ma Bender, but that she herself, Mm -hmm. she was not Kate. Oh, yeah. Instead, she was her sister, Sarah. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we look, we look identical. We're just like twins. It's fine. It's fine. She later signed an affidavit stating that this, while Ma continued to scream and be dramatic and deny that she had anything to do with the benders. Instead, she put her thang down, flipped it, and reversed it, <gasps> and then said that she wasn't Ma, but that Sarah was totally Kate. Okay, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say either neither of them are benders, or they are both or exactly both Ma and Kate. Yes. yeah. Deputy Sheriff Dick, along along with the woman who should have actually just been the sheriff, (laughs) Mrs. McCann, because she was the one who discovered all of this, Mm -hmm. escorted not Kate and not Ma to Oswego, Kansas, where seven out of the 13 of the panel members confirmed the identification of the women Mm -hmm. and committed them for trial. Okay, yeah. Another daughter of Mrs. Monroe, a.k.a. Ma Bender, a.k.a. Almira, a.k.a. Elvira, (laughs) whatever she's going by these days, she stepped up. And her name was Mary Garday, and she provided an affidavit that stated that her mother, who was also named Elmira Shear, but was actually going by the name Elmira Marks. Okay. It's, I know, it's really confusing. Well, she provided an affidavit that she was serving two years in the Detroit House of Corrections in 1872 for the manslaughter of her daughter-in-law, Emily Mark. Okay. So, and this was also backed up by records of the incarceration. So, she couldn't have been Ma Bender if she was in jail in Michigan Mm. at the time of the Bender murders. That does make sense. Right. Right. I mean, I've never seen them both in the same place at the same time. The trial was scheduled for February 1890, but was held over until May. Mrs. Monroe told everyone she was actually Elmira Shearer, but stated that she lied about it the first time because she didn't want them to know about the conviction for manslaughter. Okay. There's just a lot of lying and no way to track any of this down. Yeah, yeah. So I love this. Their attorney, their defense attorney, also provided a marriage certificate for Mrs. Sarah Davis that stated she had been married in Michigan in 1872, also during the time of the Bender's murders. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I wonder just how accurate and legit these documents were. Well, just so you know, um, no one has ever written a false document no, or, like, never. backdated anything never ever once in, in the, the history, history of, of America. Never, Literally, literally never. Not a single so, time. Yeah. I mean, everyone was just a big, giant idiot in the 1800s, yes. too. And the fact that both of these documents just so happened to be in 1872 mm-hmm. kind of seems fishy to me. Like, like fishier than, like, salmon, like, Idaho. <laughs> fishier than salmon, Idaho. But, I mean, who am I to say? Mm. No. Anyways, Judge Calvin decided that based on these documents, the women could not be the benders, and he discharged both women. 
Well, if you see here, um, I can read because I am a learned judge. Uh, clearly, these women, they are just uh, happenstance to be here. Old timey words. They got to go because I have a tea time in about 15 <laughs> minutes. So I got to get going. Well, these totally legit affidavits were are missing from the file in Labette County, so they can never be examined for legitimacy. So did they even exist, or did this judge just get paid off? They existed, but no one knows if they were accurate or if their defense attorney just wrote them himself and was like, these are totally legit. Oh, yeah. Like, he, like, flashed them at the judge and was like, look, and then, like, threw them in the garbage and was like, oh, no, they're on fire. And honestly, who even knows if the judge could actually read? Honestly. No one knows. Nobody knows. No one knows. Some believe that the judge was too ready to accept these documents because, uh, duh. Yeah. And that the reason for doing so and just dismissing the trial was because the county did not want the expenses involved in boarding the two women <gasps> for the rest of their lives. Dude, we talked about that at the beginning of the episode. Yep. Like, we're sick of feeding you. Just e- get out of prison. E- exactly. And wow. obviously, if they were identified as the benders, mm-hmm. they're going to go to prison for life. Yeah. And I mean, maybe if it were the men, they would have executed them. But yeah. since they're women, I feel like they didn't do that, even yeah. if their crimes were this horrendous. Yeah. So they changed their name to Fender, started the world's <laughs> most famous guitar company. Right. I mean, there's no doubt that th- that these two were both criminals and compulsive liars, but the charges were never, but the charges were really just based on one woman's detective work and then a couple of people who claimed that they looked like them. So yeah, they didn't really it's, have proof. No, and there's... There's no proof either way. Yeah. Like, you don't know. Like, maybe this woman was, like, a top-notch, like, detective, and she did find this, and she was 100% right. But also, I don't know. Maybe if all 13 people were like, oh, yeah, that's for sure. Kate, she tried to hit me in the head with a hammer last (laughs) week. Like, (laughs) I... Maybe? I'm going to say that I'd like to believe that they actually were the benders and that they forged everything because this woman just seems like her detective work, she... It was just like eating at her because it mm-hmm. was, I think she was the daughter of one of the victims. Mm-hmm. So they had killed her father mm-hmm. and she like, the, the last thing she's going to do is she's going to find him. And I'd like to think that she did. Oh, yeah. I and mean, that these were actually them. I mean, she spent her life savings renting those three billboards. So that wasn't for nothing. <laughs> Outside of Jerry Fail Kansas. It wasn't for nothing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, something that is sort of fun is that the family that we know as the Bloody Benders are actually not named Bender at all. What? Yeah, it's like a real Mrs. Doubtfire situation. (gasps) Hello! It was a drive-by fruiting! (laughs) The man known as John Bender Sr., or Pa Bender, is actually named John, but his last name is Flickinger. 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 I guess it's German. Flickinger. Flickinger. Yeah. He came from either Germany or Holland mm. to the United States. And supposedly, he is said to have died by suicide in 1884 by throwing himself into Lake Michigan. So, See, this is all trackings. They must have had some sort of connection in Michigan. There's, they definitely went to Michigan. Yeah, 100%. Right? 100%. This is sort of fun, though. There's speculation that he actually was murdered by Mobender and Kate. I believe it. So it's believed that they all ran away to Michigan, Mm -hmm. which, I mean, is kind of tracking. It's 100% tracking. Right. And then Pa was like, I'm just going to get away from here, from all of these stupid women. I don't want to be with them anymore. And this one, he's so handsome. He makes me feel so bad about myself. (laughs) 
So he like took all of their cash and all of their valuables and he just like up and left them like <gasps> destitute. Uh-uh. So the ladies were like, hell fucking no. No, you just did not. They tracked his ass down. <laughs> Tied like rocks to his body and Fuck threw yeah. him into Lake Michigan alive. Fuck yeah, now he's sleeping with the fishes. Yeah, they Bitch. were the original Jersey gangsters. <laughs> I love that. And speaking of Ma Bender, her real name was Elmira. And her last name is believed to be, I'm going to say Meek, M-E-I-K. Yeah, Meek, Mike. She was born in the Adirondack Mountains of upstate New York. Oh. Not in Germany, as she led people to believe. Well, she spoke English. We all knew that. We all knew that. And also her German accent was not good. No. No. She was married off as a teenager by her father to a man no. named George Griffith. And she had 12 children. Jeez. Yeah. Poor uterus. Well, one day, George just happened to die suddenly. <gasps> Of blunt force trauma what? to his head. What? Believed to be caused by a hammer. No. Total coincidence. Oh. After his death, she supposedly married several other men, all of which died in the same manner. Oh my God, that's super crazy. Yeah. You know what else is really crazy? Um, Three of her older children also died in a similar way. Oh my God, that's such a crazy coincidence. Because they saw her murder her husbands, so she <laughs> killed them so that they couldn't testify against her. A girl's gotta do what a girl's gotta do. You know what? I'm, <laughs> if someone makes you have 12 children and you're living in the Adirondack Mountains you before... Can use, you can lose a, a few of them. You can lose like a, like several. Yeah, you can lose half. And like the Adirondack chair doesn't even exist at this point, mm. so you have no way to relax. You're just stressed out. You get 12 fucking kids to feed, yeah. a bunch of dead husbands. What are you going to do with this pile of dead men? Your hammer has yeah. blood on it. It's your favorite hammer. It's yeah. just, it's a stressful day. That's the only thing. It's just, you just got to kill some. It's just got a lot going on, okay? <laughs> Kate actually was one of Ma's children, which I think is super fun. Mm -hmm. She was the fifth child born with the name of Eliza Griffith. Mm. Then she married and she changed her name to Sarah Eliza Davis mm. until she started working as a bender at the Bender Homestead. And then obviously they all went by Bender. Mm -hmm. Allegedly, she also worked as a sex worker along with doing her psychic work and I guess like in her spare time brutally murdering people. Well, she liked it. She loved to it's, do it. Okay. You know, we all need a self-care thing. She it was that's her that's her hobby. We all have a hobby. We do. She likes to murder. It's who am I to judge? It's a thing that she does. Mm -hmm. That's true. John Jr. was actually a man named John Gebhardt. Remember in that Bible. Oh yeah, what was it? Slaughtered Slaughtered Day. Slaughtered Day. <laughs> it was like Slaughter Day smiley face. Happy Slaughter Day. He 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 he. So excited. <laughs> and it's like circled in red. <laughs> he, like you said before, was known as a halfwit, mostly because he had a stupid fucking laugh. <laughs> But people say that this laugh was actually to distract that he was very smart and he like played like the role of like oh. town idiot and he was like super like conniving. Okay. Yeah. But I'm sorry if a man walked up to me and was like, <laughs> he was like Kaiser Sozaying everyone. He was Kaiser. He was so say Kaiser Sozaying. <laughs> like honestly, incredible. Okay. Got it. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe he was an idiot. Maybe he was super smart. Maybe he was just unfortunately had like a really bad laugh because you really can't control it's what your true. laugh sounds Some like. Some people have like the most obnoxious laugh. Yeah. Like mine's pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's fine. Is that that's okay? normal and fine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What's your laugh sound like? <laughs> 
Well, why are you crying while you do that? It's so weird. <laughs> it's the thing I do. Okay. Though most were led to believe that John and Kate were sister and brother, even though they obviously weren't related at all. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes they tried to pass as husband and wife. Okay. Yeah. The two were known to have a relationship. And some say that Kate even got pregnant a few times Ooh. by John Jr. I'm going to keep calling him John Jr. Yeah. Yeah. So she got pregnant a few times by John Jr., supposedly. But she would just simply kill her babies <gasps> as a way to avoid the responsibility. Would she wait until she had them or try to kill them? I just saw that she would kill her babies. So I'm going to assume Jeez. that she birthed them and then wow. did the old hammer trick. Wow. 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 The true story of the Benders and what happened to them isn't cold hard fact. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's all speculation. No one was taking notes. No one was basically doing anything yeah, to like no write one, any of this yeah, down. Records weren't a thing. They just like didn't care. So it's like you just said something and people were like, oh, yeah, that's cool. That I'm so happy sense. for you. Yeah. Okay. So that great. guy talks funny. He must be from Germany. <laughs> yeah. One thing we know for sure is that the bodies found at the Bender place were all definitely killed by the Benders. Mm-hmm. Other corpses found in the area as well, as well as many mysterious disappearances of lonely travelers, led locals to believe that the Benders actually killed a lot more than 20 people. Yeah. Like, more like 40-ish people. I believe it. They had all those body parts in that, like, body stew in the well. Oh, my so. God, body stew. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, but who knows? I mean, it could be a coincidence. It was the Old West, and, like, people just died and killed people all the time. So <laughs> people just accidentally fell into the well all of the time. Ah, <laughs> uh, my arm fell into the well. Oh, no, my arm. Yeah, that's for sure what happened. <laughs> I mean, I saw the ring. I don't trust wells. You shouldn't. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't trust wells. This was all very big news, and, of course, lore started being spun around the benders in their house. One legend popped up that the old Bender homestead is hella haunted. Uh, yeah. I would believe it. Yeah. A decade after the killings, when nothing was left of the cabin, like, literally, there was nothing left except for, like, a hole where the cellar and the well had been. Oh, dope. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, people would see ghosts all the time. Supposedly, the ghosts of the victims' past would wander around, like, like climb out of the well Ooh. and, like, walk around and, like, make gross moaning noises, ghost style. <laughs> ghost noises. Ghost noises. <laughs> yeah, so this could be heard by just people in the area, and it sounded super spooky. Hmm. People also reported seeing glowing eyes and a lot of reports of full-body apparitions on the property. Shit. Well, if you're murdered in, like, a pretty brutal way with, like, 50 other bodies. Right. If you're, like, hammered in the head and then your throat slit and then your just, like, body is just sent down a trap door with, like, other bodies. Yeah. And then, like, dragged into a well and, like, you just, like, sit in this well forever. Yeah. I'm going to say you might haunt it. I definitely would haunt it. So I would haunt the fuck out of it. Yeah. I also love how there's, like, more written down about people seeing ghosts than, like, actually what happened. <laughs> An actual fact about where the yeah. vendors went. Yeah, I, I love it. People believe that it's not only the victims that still haunt the homestead, but they believe that Kate Bender does as well. Oh. She is said to hit people on the head and pull their hair. Okay. You can hear her cackle, and you can hear her do her spooky ghost moan <laughs> as her spirit passes, like, in and out of sight. Like, she, like, appears and, like, very ghost adventure style. Hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Like Zach Bagans went and he was like, hammer my head, ghost. He had his, he had his hair pulled by Kate <laughs> Fender. I would pull his hair if I were a ghost. I'm just saying. I would pull his hair if I met him. <laughs> I would pull his hair as a human. Yeah, for now. sure. Like any day. Yeah. In the town of Cherryvale, near the original site, there was a replica of the Bender House built in 1961. It was built in honor of the Kansas statewide centennial celebration. What? Okay. So I read this whole thing about how they, like, weren't celebrating this, but they're like, this is a huge notable thing that happened in our history. And, like, nothing really else has happened. Right. Like, for, like, we're Kansas. (laughs) Yeah. We're Kansas. So we're just going to commemorate this shocking and terrible event that took place. That's the one cool thing they have. Yeah. So that's it. And it was the 60s, and people were really getting into serial killers back then. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. So they built this little replica of it, and the house was filled with antiques and, like, replicas to make it look the way it did when they lived there. That's pretty cool, though, I will say. It is super cool. The house even had, this is my favorite part, Mm -hmm. three original hammers that were taken from the Bender property. Nice. One was a shoe hammer. I can't believe they didn't bring their favorite hammers with them. Or did they just have so many that they just had to leave I bet they had, like... You know how like people put knives like on their walls and it's like like the strip of knives. They probably just had like a like a bunch of hammers. And Pa was like, "Can you get me my Thursday hammer, please? Thank yeah. you." And they didn't have enough room in the wagon, so they were each only allotted one hammer to bring. Yeah, with them. And the so. hammer wagon was already full, mm-hmm. so like they like they just had to really <laughs> cut it down. And these three, they didn't make the cut. Poor, poor hammers. Oh, I know. It's so sad. Maybe they got lost. They got left behind, mm. like a Toy Story moment. Oh, my God. What if the hammers were sentient and they came to life when people weren't watching? And then they all had names and they tried to make it back to the vendors, but they didn't make it back. I'm going to cry for these hammers. I'd like to think they did, but just not these three. Yeah. Oh, yeah. These were the three unlucky ones. These were the three. Maybe they didn't want to go back. (laughs) Pixar, where are you? We need this movie. Pixar, if you're listening. Pixar. Walt Disney's ghost, if you're listening. We know you are. (laughs) So it was a shoe hammer, a claw hammer, and a big-ass sledgehammer. Okay. Which I'm going to guess that they didn't use to bash in skulls. Because those are very heavy. Maybe, like, as, like, a final blow just to make sure they were really dead. Yeah. Or, Or, like, for for funsies. Yeah. Oh, we think the same way. (laughs) (laughs) So some of these hammers appeared to match the indentations in some of the skulls that had been found on the Bender property after they skipped town. Mm. So they're believed to at least be, like, some of the murder hammers. Mm. Didn't one of them, like, or doesn't one of them still have blood on it? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, no one cleaned it because they're like, there's still blood on it. Yeah. But That's like, how cool it is. But maybe, like, one person did clean it because they're like, this hammer's, like, really dirty. <laughs> and they cleaned it with, like, toothpaste and a toothbrush and it was, like, sparkling. And some guy was like, are you fucking kidding me? No. And then he just hammered a bunch of steaks to, like, get the blood back yeah, on it. totally. I think that that's probably. Or they just did that just to get the blood on there in the yeah. first place. Like, it's not real. <laughs> they, like, bought these at, like, Ace Hardware because it's the Hallmark movie. Yeah. In 1978, the museum was demolished to make way for a fire station. Oh, mm-hmm. it's not around anymore? No, they got rid of it. Damn. The Bender artifacts and all like the information that was inside this museum mm-hmm. was moved to the Cherry Vale Museum located at 215 East 4th Street. Good. So if anyone is near the three billboards outside of Cherry Vale, Kansas... And you go to the museum, let us know. And that's kind of a bummer that they demolished it for a fire station. Like, why didn't they just move it? It was seemed so small. You guys don't, you don't need a fire station. Like, who even starts fires anymore? Right, just, like, 
fire extinguisher in your kitchen. Honestly. Who fire would- station, fire safety, Bender's Museum. I feel like Bender's uh, Museum takes precedence. Yeah. It does. I think so. Or maybe build the fucking station somewhere else. Yeah, there's so much land in Kansas. Like, Kansas is all land. I've never been to Kansas, <laughs> so I have no idea. Well, we're a geography podcast, so we know. I have Google mapped the state of Kansas, so I'm pretty sure I'm an expert. You are. Additionally, there is a highway marker that sits on the high prairie about a mile northwest of Bender Mounds Mm. at US 400 and US 169. Nice. Thank you. (laughs) So at this interchange at the Montgomery County Rest Area, just north of Cherryville. Now, if it's all right, if you have a moment of your time to talk about um, our Lord and Savior, the Benders. Uh, uh, yeah. you, you know, you can take off. I'll, I'll wrap it up. I got it. Okay. I'm, I'm fine. Okay. Okay. I just want to go over the names of the known victims mm. and um, what the Benders stole from them. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. So in May of, this is supposedly when they were murdered. Okay. okay. In May of 1871, a man just by the name of Mr. Jones. Mr. Jones and me. Yeah. Well, his body was found in Drum Creek. <gasps> Remember the first one we talked about mm-hmm. with the crushed skull and the throat cut? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I know you're going to get him confused because all of them died that way. Right. Yeah. And then in February of the following year, there were two unidentified men found on the prairie. Um, they both had their skulls crushed and their throats cut. Okay. Mm-hmm. December of 1872, a man named Ben Brown was murdered. Uh, same way. I'm just gonna stop saying how they were yeah, murdered because it's all the same way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They have a they have a style and they like it and they stick to it. Yeah. He was buried in the apple orchard. Oh. Yeah, and they took um $2,600 from him, which is almost $60,000 now. Holy shit. Yeah. Okay. Again, December, same year, someone named W.F. McCrotty. 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 W.F. McCrotty. Well, he uh, was murdered, and they took $38 from him. Aww. They also took a wagon and a team of horses. Aww. I know. Same year, a man named Henry McKenzie... He was murdered same way. They took a team of horses in $36. Johnny Boyle. Um, they took 10 bucks from him, which honestly is just super rude. Mm. Right? They took his horse and a saddle that was worth $800. What? Yeah. They found him in the well. $800. How much is that in today's money? $18,000. For a saddle? Yeah. Wow. And as a horse girl, I can say saddles cost like... a. It ranges, but like a good what? one's like three thousand dollars. Shit, but it's not eighteen thousand dollars. That's insane. No, that's a Nissan Versa note. That, do you know how long it takes to pay off a <laughs> Nissan Versa note? Eight years. It's <laughs> a very long time. But you, you are correct. I know. <laughs> George Newton Longcore and his eighteen-month-old daughter Marianne, who we talked about earlier. Obviously, they were murdered. Um, This is sort of interesting, and I'm wondering if this is connecting him with William York. Mm. So it's found out that he had $1,900 stolen from him. Okay. And also, he had borrowed a team of horses from William York Mm -hmm. to travel to Iowa with. So part of me wonders, did he 
was York looking for this man or was he like, where the fuck are my horses? Like probably that. Like I need them back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Like you borrowed my shit and now I want it back. Yeah. So like, I'm wondering a little bit if maybe he was just like, uh, I need my fucking car back. Like you said, you were going to borrow it for a day and like, I need my Nissan Versa. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> you know how much that thing cost me and how long it took to pay off? <laughs> I had the top package too. And it was 18 grand. Yeah. It had air conditioning. That's the top package you for didn't a see Nissan. No. Yeah. One yeah. of them was. One, one of them. The driver's side. It was amazing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no one. Okay. Um, in December of the same year, John Greary, Red Smith, Abigail Roberts, and just various body parts mm-hmm. of many multiple people Delicious. were killed and they were all buried in the apple orchard or thrown down the well. There was also four more people that just kind of, they didn't really know who they were, except one of them, they knew his name was Jack Bogart. And the only reason they knew this is because his horse was purchased from the benders after he went missing. Mm, okay. And someone was like, wait, I think that's Jack's horse. And they're like, no, that's not Jack's horse. Don't be fucking stupid. Look into my eyes. Look at how handsome I am. <laughs> and yeah. And then, of course, Dr. William York, who mm. was murdered, um, buried in the apple orchard and they took two thousand dollars from him they took two wow they took two thousand dollars from him but his brother only put up one thousand dollars as like the reward one thousand dollars was like what twenty thousand yeah and then two thousand dollars is like forty thousand yeah so they stole twice as much man they made out the amount of money that they got right like oh like what what would you say like almost half a million dollars has to be like equivalent From, to like in today's money. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure, easily, Holy shit. easily. I mean, that saddle alone. Like, yeah, don't even get me started. So there it is: the bloody vendors, all their victims. If anyone ever tries to make you sit on top of a trap door, maybe don't. don't. Do it. Maybe don't. Don't do it unless you're looking for a weird time. But otherwise... Well, unless you're looking for a dead time. Nothing good ever came from sitting on top of a trap door. Nope. Nothing. Not even, nope. like, those dunk tanks where, Not like, it's single. technically, like, a little, like, trap seat. Nothing yeah. good came of that. Just don't do it. Don't do That's, it. If you take one thing out of this episode, mm-hmm. take that. Don't sit on top don't of a trap door. trap door. Don't even stand on top of one. All right. Well, we have a listener mail. Would you like to hear it? I would love to hear it. This one is a little shorty. So short and sweeter, but... We love a short king. Yeah, it's something that I always think about, and now I'm going to think about it even more, and now all of you are going to think about it. So you're welcome for the rest of your life, and for these real-life nightmares that I'm about to insert into your brains. Please insert them into my brain. Okay. So like, this a, is... like a hammer to the skull. <laughs> I'm going to hammer this life, real-life nightmare into your skull, Perfect. into your brain. Thank you. Right now. Okay, this is from Lauren. And she says, hi. Hi, Lauren. Your recent Tylenol, well, not recent, but we're a little backdated on our mm. on our listener, Lauren. Recent to Lauren. Recent to Lauren. Your recent Tylenol podcast made me think of something that happened near where I live a few, where I lived a few years ago. In 2016, a man was spraying rat poison on grocery store salad bars and produce in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Oh, Michigan comes up again. Yeah. Wow, that's a Michigan-themed episode. This is terrifying. 
She continues, I don't remember hearing that anyone died or got super sick, but I do remember hearing about it all over the news and seeing salad bars shut down at my local grocery store. And then she gave us a link um, to the article about this case. And she said, honestly, if you think about it, produce is just sitting out there and anyone could tamper with it. I like all the tomatoes when I go to the store. You have to. You have to find the right one. You have yeah. to lick all of them to see which one is right for you. That's You have to lick a lot of tomatoes to find a prince. If you don't do that, you're 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 eating a lot of frog tomatoes. And no one wants to eat a frog no tomato. No one wants to do that. She says, it's not something I would have ever thought about since it's just so normal. But because of this, I will never eat a salad from a salad bar at a grocery store, which I think they're all closed right now because of COVID. Mm. She said, or the soup that sits out. No, thank you. I always think about people spitting in the soup. There's that one, um, there's like a meme or something and it's this guy at Whole Foods and he's taking the ladle of the soup and like (laughs) sipping it out of the label to like try out of it? the ladle yeah to try it how else do you know which one you want well don't they give you like little cups that you could pour to taste i don't know just know what tomato or, soup tastes yeah, like. right it's like all like very basic soup like broccoli cheddar chicken noodle right you've had it before you don't need to sip <laughs> the soups you've had it this isn't a fucking froyo shop you've had it before harold okay listen harold we see you souping souping <laughs> the soups. sampling the soups we see you sampling the soups howard cut it out <laughs> same one from harold's town oh shit <laughs> doesn't even fucking matter doesn't both of you matter. both of you are listening harold and howard stop it stop doing that harold and howard <laughs> sip the soup she said, she says, just wanted to share one more thing to worry about in this messed up world we live in. You're welcome, Lauren. Wait, you forgot to mention she put a winky face emoji. Oh, yeah. Winky face. That was beautiful. Thank you, Lauren. Um, if anyone wants to shame, I assume, elderly men that sip <laughs> soup at grocery stores. As you should. You should be shaming them. You Shame should. the soup sippers. Shame the soup samplers. <laughs> I'm making a shirt. Shame the soup samplers. But. I that is like a thing because there's a at my workplace mm-hmm. at in the cafeteria there's a salad bar mm-hmm. and anyone no one watches it anyone could just like grab things with their hands mm-hmm. or people do weird shit too yeah. so you know people are like taking food and putting it back and stuff right uh yeah it's and like not the great. soup yeah so it's like if it's all self serve I don't trust it. I don't no. trust it anymore. No. I so wouldn't. if anyone else has any I don't know weird stories about. Soup samplers. Soup sampling sippers. <laughs> or, I don't know, paranormal things, true mm-hmm. crime things. Do you have, like, a murder that happened in, like, your town? Did That's you murder cool. someone? Have, are you pro-murder? Are, are you pro-murder? We'd like to hear. Maybe you know someone that's been murdered and you've recently rented three billboards outside of a town <laughs> to, like, tell everyone about it. Yeah. I don't know. Let us know. Write to us. You can email us. Actually, I would like to say we prefer emails for stories because it's just easier to keep track of. It is. You can also hit us up in the DMs, but you can email us at quiteunusualpod at gmail.com. Yes. And if you like what you hear, um, which we know you do if you're this far into the podcast, (laughs) and you haven't already, please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. We haven't gotten a new review in a couple of days and honestly it makes me cry myself to sleep virtually every yeah, night i hear her from the other room and i'm like <laughs> but uh, you can also <laughs> my laugh and my cry sound lay identical. off the the beaver tranquilizers no or steroids why are my arms getting too hairy yeah okay bernice <laughs> shit 
Um, but we actually have 69 reviews on Spotify. Nice. So <laughs> I don't want to say you can review review us on Spotify now, but I do want to say, but I also don't. But we, we're at 69. Well, Get us to 169. 169. Mm. Get us to 669. <laughs> Or sixty nine, sixty nine. Get us to sixty nine. Nice. If we're not at sixty nine, sixty nine by the year twenty sixty nine, if the planet's still alive, I'm just gonna cry myself to sleep for realsies. Yeah, yeah. And you don't want that. You, you don't, don't want, want that. If you would like to support the podcast with your dollar bills, uh, you can hit us up on Patreon. That's right, we have a Patreon. We do. We do some sort of fun stuff there. We have movie club. We have chats. We have a great Discord where everyone is friendly. We do, and we have a couple people, new peeps, to welcome. Do we? So first, I'd like to welcome Cassandra R. Oh, to and, the Coven, and I would like to welcome Mike R. Oh, to the Coven. Welcome. Probably not related, but maybe. Welcome to the Coven. Welcome to the Coven. I'd also like to welcome Christina H. Welcome to the Coven. And Justin W. Oh, welcome to the Coven. And as always, remember to celebrate the strange. And keep it unusual. Bye. And this is the part of the show where we give praise to the all-knowing leaders, supporters of the podcast, and all-around benevolent beings. Dispenser W., who hosts a once-monthly trivia night at a haunted mansion. The teams must include at least two living and two spectral guests. Ew, that's sort of fun. Hmm. To Tim M., one of the guests staying at this haunted mansion. Unfortunately, Tim's team keeps losing because Victorian ghosts... They're just terrible at modern pop culture references. Yeah, they just don't get it. They Mm. don't watch E-Hollywood. Savannah L., one of the ghosts on Tim's team. Savannah won't stop answering bloodletting for all of the medical-related questions. It's like, Savannah, we do more than that now. Sometimes we put blood in bodies. It's wild. We do. do, It's wild. Dylan B., who happens to own the haunted mansion... Mm. He had to start hosting trivia nights to keep the doors open. Not because business was bad and he wasn't turning a profit, but in the literal sense because the ghosts began locking the doors until the living agreed to play games with them. Mm, Well, they're very lonely. Yes. Lauren R. owns a similar mansion down the street. Lauren decided to host a cocktail party every Friday night in hopes of bringing in new clientele. I love a cocktail party. Mm. Jess H. attended the Valentine's Day-themed party, but promptly left after realizing that it was at least 85% reanimated corpses, and Mm. honestly, she just wasn't into that crowd. Brains. Evan K., one of the zombies in attendance. Ew. He swears it was an honest mistake. The party theme was, will you be mine? But he thought the poster said, will you eat mines? Oh, I see. Mm -hmm. Sort of a weak excuse. But his eyeballs have almost entirely rotted out of his head. So maybe we will give him the benefit of the doubt on this one. It could have been an honest mistake. Honest mistake. KGT, well, actually, KT attended this party as well, mm. and she met her new partner mm. there. Sure, they've been dead for 600 years, they smell awful, and can only say the words brains 
also he's consistently trying to bite her. But mm. if you look past all of that, he's very cute. Mm, adorable. adorable. I love this for you, Katie. Yes. Adam Kay also attended the party and remembered the night as a graveyard smash. Oh. Not sure if that's good or bad, but he is a zombie, so that might explain some things. Yes. Were they serving Monster Mash? Mm, I believe they were. Okay. I believe so, yeah. Christina N., a doctor at the local hospital. Christina said that the night of February 14th, the hospital saw an increase in admittance, specifically instances of what she can only describe as bite wounds. Mm, This can't be related. I I didn't think so. No, I don't think so. Kelsey C., the maintenance worker at the hospital. She happened to be on her lunch when all hell broke loose in the early morning of February 15th. She took one step out of the break room, saw the walls splattered with blood, promptly said, nope, and barricaded herself in a room. Sure, it's lonely and scary, but there are vending machines. Oh, I hope they have one of those good ones where, like, it has, like, the ice cream and, like, you get, like, the little Mm. ice cream bars. Those are so good. So delicious. So good. John S., who was innocently attending a trivia night at the Haunted Hotel, Mm. when a horde of zombies dressed in pink, white, and red tried to break into the mansion. Luckily, John always keeps his trusty hatchet close by, and he hates Valentine's Day almost as much as he hates when the undead interrupt trivia nights. Caitlin R., the ghost of a former sharpshooter, joined forces with John to slay every zombie that made its way through the doors of that haunted mansion that night. And finally, to Justin W., who forgot his glasses in his room, went up to get them, ended up falling asleep, and by the time he came back to the Great Hall for trivia night, he found only John and Caitlin standing back to back with a pile of corpses at their feet. He did the only sensible thing that he could. He went back to the bar, grabbed a bottle of whiskey, three glasses, and the battle axe that was mounted on the wall. He walked back into the Great Hall, cracked his neck in a menacing way, and said... Let's go kill the rest of these GD Zambies. Thank you to all of our coven members on Patreon. Without you, we are nothing. We're less than nothing. We're like an antimatter. It's like we don't matter. We're not worthy. We're zombies. We're basically like like the cranberry said. La home there, her, her. 